0: Hi, this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Every week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. And today our special guests are Steven Pressman and Sue Tallardy of Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery. Steve and Sue, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you. It's Thank good you. to be here. Sue, did I get the last name right? You did. You oh, pronounced amazing, it well. Amazing. Uh, just for the folks at home, I've been practicing it for about a half an hour before she got here. Anyway, tell us about Mid-Hudson hudson Addiction Recovery Centers and the Chemical Dependency Crisis Center. Stephen, what is Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to save you some time and by saying that it all stands for MARK. All right. So Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, we refer to as MARK. Um, and our purpose is, is singular in that we work to help people who are suffering from alcoholism and other drug addictions. Uh, we help them to find recovery and move on with productive lives.
0: And what is your personal background uh, that brings you to this kind of work?
1: Well, I'm a social worker, and um, I've been working in the field for over 25 years in the field of addictions and recovery. Um, and I've run a number of other agencies and looked uh, forward to an opportunity to work with um, with the folks that Mark serves in a residential capacity. Um, so I find myself as the executive director of Mark at this time.
0: And Sue, uh, you're the program director of something called Chemical Dependency Crisis Center, which is a program of Mark, Mid Hudson Addiction Recovery Center. Uh, how is that different? The same? Is that just an adjunct? What, what's that all about?
2: It's an adjunct. Mark the ac- the acronym Mark oversees the Christ the CDCC the Chemical Dependency Crisis Center and three other halfway houses. We're just one part of the agency. We're a nonprofit twenty four hour detox for people detoxing off of all kinds of chemicals. We're non medical.
0: Now you both talked about addictions and and recovery. What are some of the types of addictions that you treat? Um, Stephen, why don't you tell us first? Well, that's a good question
1: because it's been evolving. Um, Initially, the emphasis 25 years ago was on alcoholism folks who, um, because of excessive drinking, developed problems and became addicted to alcohol. Um, We expanded to cover other drugs, um, drugs such as heroin, uh, cocaine, crack, marijuana, methamphetamine, and the list goes on, prescription um, painkillers. More recently, though, the the, um, category of addictions has expanded even further. Now we're intensively addressing tobacco addictions. Um, so part of our charge now is to help people stop smoking. And this is crucial because the health effects, the health problems that um, emanate from smoking are as, as serious and as um, destructive as those that um, are caused by other drugs. And finally, yeah. um, we also are charged by our state a, agency that funds our programs to address gambling addictions and gambling compulsions.
0: Now, uh, Sue, let me ask you this question. Uh, There are many uh, organizations out there who handle the kind of problems Stephen has raised, Gamblers Anonymous, Alcoholic Anonymous, um, the the various youth and, and family support groups, Uh, Are you in competition with them, work hand-in-hand? How does that work?
2: We work hand-in-hand, but we're a unique agency. The Crisis Center is the only program in Dutchess County where you don't need insurance in order to get treatment. You can show up at our doorstep with just the clothes on your back saying you want treatment for your chemical dependency. And we work with them to help get them insurance and to get them into program. We initially, just to give you a little bit of history, in the early 70s they decriminalized public intoxication. You could still get arrested for disorderly conduct, but no longer for public intoxication. So they needed a place to put these people into. That's We started off, we were known as sobering up, and that's exactly what we did. We just sobered people up, got them back on their feet, and back out into the streets and into the program of recovery. We initially involved from sobering up to the Chemical Dependency Crisis Center, where we're still with the kind of the same... Uh, I'm trying to think. We have the same kind of statement Mm -hmm. that we're there for people just to sober up, but we hope that they go into treatment. And it's our intention to introduce treatment and get them to the next level, whether it's getting them to a medical detox, getting them to a rehab, getting them into a halfway house. But I really want to stress you can use our program without insurance.
0: Well, Steve uh, Pressman, uh, Executive Director of Markman Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, and Sue Tallarty, uh, Program Director of Chemical Dependency Crisis Center. Have you seen an increase in demand for your services with the economic downturn?
1: Um, yes, we have. Um, we're, we're always, our services are always in demand. Um, it seems that people develop problems with uh, addictions in good and bad times. Although at this point, um, because people um, are having more difficult times securing income and keeping jobs, um, they find themselves, shall we say, strung out and in need of, of a change in their life a little sooner. And um, so our, our, um, the demand has increased, although I'll emphasize again that we're always very busy and working to capacity.
0: And so what's your, been your observation about the way the economy has affected your work?
2: We're, we're staying full. Mm -hmm. We still are able to get people into treatment and always have a bed available.
0: I know uh, from uh, reading local news reports that the uh, district attorney's office says that the increase in drunk driving uh, throughout the county has been quite dramatic. I guess people are opening up their bank statements, their 401K statements, and drowning their sorrows and hitting the road. Now, let's say we have somebody out there who's listening to Radio Rotary and says, you know, I've got a problem. Mm -hmm. I recognize I have a problem, whether it's drink, drugs, gambling. Uh, I need help. And these two people sound like the kind of people I need to work with. How did he get in touch with you? What, and, and what is the step, the intake steps and the treatment steps that we, we follow through on? Let's start with Steve Pressman.
1: Well, I'm going to quickly refer this to Sue because okay. that's her daily work. All right. Um, and she's going to tell you about how people can get help from the crisis center. So
0: somebody's out there listening, Sue Tality, uh, Program Director of Chemical Dependency Crisis Center. They want the help. They need the help. Who should they call? How do they get in touch with you? And, and what are the steps And when they, when they first meet you?
2: All they have to do is call 845-471-0310.
0: Let's give the number again.
2: 845-471-0310. And
0: if you didn't get that at home, get a pencil paper. And we'll repeat it right after the commercial break. All right, they've called you. What's the next step?
2: They'll speak to a nurse, and a nurse will make sure that they're medically stable, that if they're currently on any medications, that they bring them to the crisis center, and they'll ask them a few questions about that. And that's pretty much it. Once we establish that they don't need to be evaluated medically, that we can handle them, we give them our address. They come to our program, which is located on 51 Cannon Street in the city of Poughkeepsie. And we do an admission process. Once they're with us, we'll work with them to get insurance. We will ask them when we're talking to them if they have any ID to bring that with them as well because they're going to need that to establish insurance.
0: And then what happens? What kind of uh, treatments are we talking about? Are we talking about... uh, medical treatments. We're talking about group therapy sessions. What kind of things are, are going to be happening here?
2: They're, in, they're with us, and they have a daily schedule. The only meetings that they attend outside or the only appointments that they have outside is usually with DSS to work on their insurance. DSS While, being? I'm sorry, Dutchess County Department of Social Services. Mm-hmm. While they're here, they have a daily schedule. They wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. They have a group in the morning. They have breakfast. They have some chores. They meet with a the counselor. They have lunch. They go out to a meeting, they have another meeting in-house run by the counselor, they have assignments to do they go out to another meeting, or we have a meeting come in. So we try to keep them pretty busy all the time, working on understanding that what brought them to our program was uh, a disease of chemical dependency.
0: So this is an in-house treatment program. This yes. is not something they commute to.
2: No, we're in-house. They stay with us until we get them to the next level of care. They could be with us for an average of eight days. Some people are with us for three weeks.
0: Now, what about if somebody you know has a job, and they say, "Well, look, I need I need help, but I can't." be there all day long. Do you have an outpatient program, evening programs, or other places you can refer them to?
1: Well, we we work with a number of other agencies in the community, and there are um, several outpatient programs. Um, However, if a person's life has reached the point where their use of alcohol and other drugs is really compromising their relationships with their family, their ability to work productively, uh, their health, something radical has to be done. And often that involves um, entering a residential treatment facility, someplace where they stay as as opposed to going on with their normal lives. In fact, many people in an attempt to maintain their normal lives don't um, put the emphasis that's necessary on addressing their disease, on addressing their addiction, and it goes on and on and on. But eventually it progresses to the point where they... They may lose their job. Um, they may lose their family. They may lose their health. They may and lose everything. They may lose everything, and then the, then they'll end up. So our, our hope is that they take the step to get the treatment they need before their life has deteriorated to that point.
0: Now, what if the person listening right now to Hudson Valley Talk Radio and Radio Rotary is not the person who's addicted and may have some self awareness, but a loved one, a wife, a husband, a child, a coworker, and says, "You know what?" you need this, and they say, nah, it's nothing wrong with me, you're crazy, I don't need any of this. Can people be referred, uh, not quite against their will, but by others? Well,
1: that's one of the challenges of this disease is that often other people um, know that a person is in trouble before the person themselves admits it or accepts it. Um, you can, the expression is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Sometimes you can. Um, some There are some process, processes of intervention in which a person is made to realize if they, by other people who care f- for them that uh, their relationships are in jeopardy. Uh, maybe their job is in jeopardy. Um, so some pressure can be brought to bear on the person to, to um Influence them to convince them to get get help um, that's there are professionals in the community that can work with families to help help them inspire shall we say uh, the individual with the addiction to get the help they need. However, that said, ultimately it is up to that individual, and often families suffer for for many months, years waiting, hoping that person reaches out and gets the help. And um, so ultimately, it's, uh, it's up to the, the person who, is, who has the problem to make the decision.
0: Let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. This is Jonah Trebowasser, my special guest, Stephen Pressman, Executive Director of MARC, Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, and Sue Tallardy, who is the program director of Chemical Dependency Crisis Center. We're talking about the kind of services they can offer those who are in need. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages.
2: Somewhere in the United States, a troubled teenage boy decides he's better off staying in school. Somewhere in India, a child is immunized against polio. Because somewhere a local Rotary club has become involved.
1: Whether it's funding scholarships, creating neighborhood centers, or ridding the world of one of its
2: most horrible diseases. Rotary members believe anything is possible. Rotary. Humanity in motion. Visit Rotary.org. Celebrating 100 years of helping others.
0: Welcome back once again to Radio Rotary. This is Jonah Trebowasser and my very special guests here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio, Stephen Pressman, who is the Executive Director of Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, known popularly as Mark, and Sue Tallardy, who is the Program Director of the Chemical Dependency Crisis Center at 51 Cannon Street in Poughkeepsie. And we've been talking about how you find folks, help people in need, uh, who are maybe alcoholics, drug addicts, have a gambling problem, and I know you run some very... um, outstanding facilities. Tell us about Florence Manor. What's that all about?
1: Florence Manor is a residential facility for women in recovery from um, alcohol and other drug addictions. And um, it's, it's, some, it's special because it is only for women, and there are very few facilities across the state that Um, provide services just for women Um, the folks at Florence Manor have completed a short-term treatment residential treatment course and then stay at Florence Manor from anywhere on average six to twelve months so it's quite extensive Um, typically most people have heard about going to a rehab right um Now, these ladies have gone to a a rehab, um, but unfortunately, um, most often they do not have a real secure and supportive home environment to return to. So the chances are that after that 28-day or 14-day rehab session, if they went back to the same environment they were before they came they would have a difficult time maintaining their sobriety.
0: Are you concerned that there's going to be spouse abuse back at the house? Is that what you are talking about, a non-supportive environment?
1: That's one of the many issues that, that could occur. Um, spouse abuse, uh, just living in a neighborhood uh, or a house in which there were common um, drug drug activity, uh, Many of the women had been um, supporting their habits through um, you know, challenging professions, um, and um, it's a lifestyle um, that they don't want to return to. In Alcoholics Anonymous AA has the expression people, places, and things. So those people's people, places, and things that they were surrounded by before they went to the rehab are the things that are going to um, influence them to pick up their use again.
0: I Meaning that, that's what drove them to drink in the first place. Yes, or, 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 or help,
1: help push them along and stay in the lifestyle, stay in the life.
0: What age ranges are we talking about at Florence Manor of these ladies?
1: It's uh, adults, so 18 to whatever so is um, to any age. Um, the average age is probably around 37. Uh, we've we have folks who are teenagers, 18 and 19. We have folks who are 65.
0: Well, what about the young teens, tutalardi, of uh, What what about those who might need uh, some help? Um, you know, the 14, the 15 year olds who are you know dr- drinking underage. We all know what it happens. It's not supposed to happen. It's against the law. But we all know what happens. What about uh, youth? that have that kind of addictive problems, what, uh, what services can you offer them?
2: We get calls from their parents. If they're under 17 and they need treatment, we will take them. If we can't refer them over the phone to a place, we will take them and work with them to get them treatment. But a parent has to sign them in.
0: School referral wouldn't be enough?
2: No. A parent is legally responsible. Unless they're emancipated, a parent needs to sign them in if they're 17 or younger.
0: And uh, emancipated, we mean they're on their own. They're on their even own, even though they are underage.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. Now you have another great facility called Bolger House, which uh, you know you talked about, Steve Pressman, the uh, Florence House, Florence Manor for for the women. Bolger House apparently just handles men, is that correct?
1: Right. It's um, similar to Florence Manor in its mission and, and target population, except it's for all men. At one point in our history, in Mark's history, we ran a residential facility for men and women. But we made a decision that it would be more effective to separate the genders. And now we have a halfway house, Florence Manor for women, and a halfway house, Bolger House for men.
0: Ah, but you do have something that uh, includes both genders, and that's the Dowling House. Uh, Sue, are you involved in that at all?
2: No, I'm not.
0: But Steve can tell us about it? Yes, what is
2: Dowling can. House? <laughs> well,
1: Sue could tell us too, but I'll, right. I, I'll, I'll take the burden from her. Um, D- Dowling House, we call that a three quarter way house. And that's the point. As, a, in, as opposed to the halfway house. As opposed to the halfway okay. house. Do the math. Um, that's, that mm. serves people who are ready to work, ready to go out and work. So the majority of, the f- of folks who are in Dowling House are working. They start working. And this is the last point in their transition back to full integration into the community. Um, it's a shorter length of stay, on average, three to six months. And one of the requirements to get into Dowling House is you have to be ready to work. So people come there, they either have a job secured or they're looking for work, they start working, um, and then after several months, they move on to an independent life. That's one of the difficult points in the transition is when people um, enter recovery is when they go back to work. It's a very stressful time. So to get that additional support for a month or so after they've began to work kind of solidifies their, their, um, their, their recovery. We make sure they're still involved in a solid sober support network. Um, and are doing the things they need to do to stay sober.
0: You know, this sounds like just tremendous programs that I know you put your heart and soul into, uh, not only the two of you, but your staff as well. But, you know, in the criminal justice system, they talk about the recidivist rate. You know, how many people come back to a life of crime? What's your success rate? How many people, even after going through these superb programs, end up falling off the wagon again, drinking, drugging, gambling?
1: Well, um, alcoholism and drug addiction is a chronic disease. So folks who suffer from this um, will always have this disease. And if they start drinking or start using drugs at any point again in their lives, they quickly deteriorate. So success isn't simply a matter. We don't look for a cure. We look to equip people with a set of tools, a set of skills, so that they can – they can. Um, stay clean and sober. And if they do, we call it relapse, uh, they can quickly resort to the same supports they had and get back, you know, on the wagon again. Uh, It's very difficult for us to measure success in that way. So we we look anecdotally at, at instances, and I think the most apparent success stories are when we go to we go to a supermarket and see someone who's been in our program, and they're working there. And, right. and we, we speak to their boss, and they say well, they love this person. They're really dependable, solid. Or, or at Mark itself, we have a number of people who've worked for us for years who started out in our programs. Um, so, so And even for those folks who do pick up again, hopefully we've given them the tools so that they can quickly – get back on on, on on the way again again.
0: I know that in my own dep- uh, profession of law, no, folks, I don't do radio full-time, but in my own profession of law, we have a, a very serious problem with with uh, attorneys who succumb uh, under the pressure to using um, alcohol or other substances, and they have a very strong program of uh, counseling and recovery within the Bar Association, and one fellow who has beaten it back after years of alcohol dependency will speak at these various events to both people who are alcoholics and non-alcoholics, and he always says, I am a drunk, and I'm sober one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of thing you would stress, uh, Sue, in, in the Chemical Dependency Crisis Center, let's take it one day at a time?
2: That's exactly what we stress, and we always say it's recovering ing, I-N-G, not recovered E-D, and it's a group process. Um, So, yeah, they take it one day at a time.
0: Now, soon we found out from Steve that he's a social worker. What brought you to this kind of work?
2: It was by accident, actually. It wasn't anything I had intended on doing. I had started out working at the Sobering Up, at the crisis center, when it was just sobering up as an emergency medical technician, an EMT, and I fell in love with it and went to school, became a KSAP and eventually, through different jobs, ended up back where I'm at right now, where I actually started in the field.
0: You said you became a, a case hack? What is that?
2: A credentialed alcoholism and substance abuse counselor.
0: What kind of training or education did you need for that?
2: It's a year of schooling and three years of practical work. And right. then you sit for your boards and um, you, you become certified.
0: Now, let's let's again talk to that listener out there who may have a problem and not realize it. What are some, some of the indices, some of the, some of the warning signs that you would share with them where they may. Have an alcohol dependency or a drug dependency and just not realize it. Either one, Steve or Sue. Sue?
2: Probably one of the things is if people are pointing out to you that you have a problem and giving you choices and rather than change your behavior, you decide to continue drinking. uh, That's a big one. When they start to have consequences, when they get into trouble legally or they start to miss time from work and they have headaches and they give up things that they used to like, that was a priority, and now it's not a priority. What's a priority is getting home at 5 o'clock to have that drink, and that one drink goes to two and goes to three, and then you tell yourself, I'll stop tomorrow and I'll start to cut back. And you play games with yourself in order to test how much or how bad you really think you are. What you can always do is, again, call the crisis center at 845-471-0310 and just speak to somebody there and ask them some questions.
0: Well, Sue, let's say somebody out there now has realized from what you've said they have a problem. Besides calling 845-471-0310 or coming down to 51 Cannon Street where you have your uh, facility, I understand that you have a website. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Yes, Steve. Uh, Our new website is mark that's m a r c dot u s dot com, dot US, dot com. Um, and in addition to contact information on this website there's also a video that illustrates um, four individuals who utilized Mark's programs and are now on their feet and doing really, really well, and um, has interviews with some of their with their bosses, their friends, fiancés. It's quite illustrative, um, so I would recommend it highly.
0: Give us the website one more time.
1: Mark.us.com. mar dot Dot com.
0: Or call 845-471-0310. Stephen Pressman, Executive Director of Mark Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers and Sue Tauti, uh Program Director of Chemical Dependency Crisis Center. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary.
1: Thanks. Thank you. Good to
0: be here. And our thanks to the following clubs for sponsoring us. The Rotary Clubs of Arlington, Blooming Grove, Washingtonville, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishkill, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, Millbrook, Newburgh, Newpaltz, Pleasant Valley, my buddies up there in my home club of Red Hook and, of course, Southern Ulster. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Join us again next Friday at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio.